0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. There is perhaps no scripture in all the Bible more familiar than John 3.16. In this verse, we find that our Heavenly Father loved us not only with feelings, but with actions. He gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Let's open our Bible now to John chapter 3 and look at the incredible and overwhelming love of our Heavenly Father. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It is a Monday morning here in Texas and uh, hopefully you all are doing well. Like we say, every teaching just... Uh, Doing well means spending time with Jesus, right? Giving your life to Jesus a little bit more and more, moment by moment, day by day. Living for Jesus, loving for Jesus, giving for Jesus, and forgiving for Jesus. As Christians, we do everything unto Christ. You know, as Christians, we are called the bride of Christ, right? We're part of the body of Christ and our lives need to be focused more and more and more on growing to know and love Jesus Christ and growing to know his love, right, Brother Jason? So thank you, Lord Jesus. Today, we're going to continue in John 3 and uh, we're going to do verses 16 to 21, John 316 is perhaps, um, if not probably, the most well-known scripture in the Bible. The most well-known single scripture in the entire Bible. There are, I believe, 31,102 verses of scripture in your Bible. I think that's right. 31,102 and this one verse John 3:16 is is perhaps the most famous verse um in the entire scripture and so uh we're going to break that down and get into it um i want to say thank you just to all my very helpful brothers and sisters in Christ that uh consistently exhort me regarding my my attire I am, uh, I'm just seemingly consistently managed with, uh, with recommendations and exhortations, not on the teaching, but, but apparently on my, on my dress. So I want to thank my, uh, my big brother, Andrew, um, who helped me with my new shirt and Miss Francesca Lord. And, uh, you know, they were just very thoughtful. I had, uh. My brother, Tom, the elder, senior elder of our ministry had enlightened me that, uh, that I must've had some type of, uh, delusion to believe that, that, that I would wear a large men's t-shirt and that I should have known that I was an extra large. And so I went back to the store and, um, again, uh, my brother Andrew and Miss Francesca helped me to exchange all my new shirts for extra larges and uh, that uh, my the lovely lady Christine had helped me and, and uh, was very complimentary to me. Thank you, Christine. But uh, apparently I do need an extra large. So thank you for that. Hopefully this is more presentable and um, it just... Uh, Makes everyone happy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we're going to go ahead and pray and we will, we're going to get rolling again. John three sixteen to 21, we'll read it and then we'll pray and we'll get right into it. Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Father, we thank you for the living word of God. We thank you for the scriptures. We thank you for your incredible love for us, Father. I thank you for your love for me and for all the world, Lord, in sending Jesus to us, just a a sinful people, a wretched people, Lord. I thank you, Father, for your just incredible, loving, giving heart and sending Jesus to save us. Lord Jesus, we just thank you our God, our master, our king, our savior. We thank you for for coming and living a perfect life for us and dying a perfect death for us. And we thank you, Jesus, that you're alive and risen. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open the word of God. Give us eyes that see and ears that hear in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, verse 16, John Three sixteen, for God so loved the world, that He gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life again, perhaps the most famous scripture in all the Bible, okay, and it says that that God so loved the world, okay It's important that it says the world because in Jesus' day. The, the common understanding among the Jewish people was that God only loved the Jewish nation, okay? So when this was stated, right, and you remember Nicodemus is there with Jesus, this, is, this would have been a radical revelation, okay? That, that God just doesn't love certain people and not other people, okay? The love of God is for everyone in the world. For God so loved the world. That that means he loves you where you are. He loves you. Okay? In that, it says that he so loved the world that he gave. Okay? Our Heavenly Father is above all a giver. Okay? He didn't just love the world with feelings. May. He loved the world and he loved the world with actions. He did something about it. The world we live in is a sinful world, right? We live in an utterly sinful world. It's corrupted in every manner and in every way. Okay. The scripture says in John, uh, uh, 3 23 that, that, that all human beings are sinful and need a savior, right? Um, every human being is sinful and we all need a savior. Okay. We have all fallen short of God's standard. Um, and it, it also says in, in, in Romans, you know, chapter, you know, I think it's chapter five, um, that, that the whole creation has been corrupted chapter eight and is groaning. Right. Right. Just Just everything in the world sin has affected everything in the world uh, It's because of sin that things decay, things get old, things wear out, including people right we we decay, our bodies age they they wear down, and all of this is because of sin in the world um, and because of that. The Lord's. it says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So, again, what we're saying here is that the love of God, the Father, was expressed in giving that which was most valuable to him. Oftentimes, when we love, you know, we love more with feelings. We may have a certain feeling about something. We may have a certain grief about something. We may be upset that that people are starving, but we don't do anything about it. That that kind of feeling love really has very little value. You'll notice that when God loves the world, a a, a world that's, that's dying, a world that's perishing, a world that's hopeless and helpless, all humanity corrupted with sin... That he just doesn't love it in a way where he feels bad about it he does something about it for god god the father so loved the world that he gave his one and only son remember we have a triune god god the father god the son god the holy spirit it says here that god the father gave and sent jesus we'll never know what what it was like to send jesus to give his son, all right? We can, uh, we can imagine this incredible love if we just think of, we can think of, say, parents whose children are not very well behaved or who just grow up, you know, and they just behave poorly. Yet there's this tremendous unconditional love. And, and they say in a mother, right? They say there's no greater love than a mother's love. In this world, obviously, the love of our triune God is infinitely greater than that of any human mother. But just as a mother today, right? If you're a mother, wherever you are, and hopefully you're laboring to to raise your kids to know Jesus and walk with Jesus and love Him, but even when they make mistakes or they go out and they do wrong or they get into trouble, your love doesn't change, right? Now, obviously, it's the same for fathers, but, you know, the mother carries that baby in her womb. The baby grows up in her womb. It's, you know, it's actually created. God creates it and forms it in her womb, right? And then when it comes out of her, it's like this extension of her, and the mother loves it with with an unconditional love that that we we that that's almost hard to understand even as fathers. Now, as I said, as fathers, we love our children as well, but when God loves the world, He's loving us in a very, as a very sinful world, a, a a corrupted world, a world that's so broken that it's. It's, we we cannot even understand how bad and broken and destitute this world is. Now again, we don't have to look far. If you have eyes to see, I mean, if if you watch the news, the news reports seemingly nothing but that what's wrong with everything, right? And wherever you go, and we live in just a world today, and just where there are all kinds of problems in all kinds of ways. We can't get along as people. All kinds of sicknesses that's come in with the COVID. Um, and all the other sicknesses and diseases, there's tremendous suffering. People don't treat people well. I mean, it's, uh, it's broken. And because of that, because of that sinfulness in all human beings, God in his love, he's a giver. Okay, so the first principle here is, is that we ought to be givers, right, Rap? We want, to, we want our love to be expressed in giving okay obviously financially but in every way we want to give of our time right give of our talents right whatever we're good at we want to serve and give of our treasure right that's what that which is most valuable to us we want to be sacrificial givers god the father gave his son as a sacrifice on behalf of humanity that every man and woman in history all over the world Could be saved from their sin. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Okay? Right? God the Father is God. God the Son is God. Right? When God the Father has a Son, now he didn't create Jesus. Jesus is eternal. Right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are all God. They're three separate individual beings. That are all God. They all have the attributes of God. They're all all powerful. They're all all knowing. And they're all everywhere at every time. Right? They're all omnipotent. Omniscient. And omnipresent. Right, Matt? So. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him. Whoever shall not perish but have eternal life. So this whoever. Again. It's the Lord's heart. 1 Timothy 2:4 says it's God's will that all men be saved. And that means all human beings, all mankind should be saved, and that happens by believing in Jesus Christ, okay? In the heart of God, 2 Peter 3:9 says it's God's will that no one perish, right? And it says here that whoever believes in him shall not perish. To perish means to leave this world to not have your sins forgiven, and to spend eternity separated from the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, condemned in hell. But it's not the heart of our Father. That's why he paid such a price to give God the Son, Jesus Christ. The reason that Jesus became a human man and lived a perfect life and died a perfect death was that no human being would perish but have eternal life in Jesus Christ. And so it says that whosoever believes, and the Bible says believes, it doesn't mean to simply give uh, an intellectual assent that Jesus existed. It doesn't mean to simply acknowledge intellectually that Jesus existed, that Jesus lived, that Jesus died, that Jesus rose again, and that God is in heaven. The word believe here means to trust in, to rely on, and to cling to. To really put your full faith and trust and confidence in, and to hold on to it, right? Um, it's to acknowledge our desperate need of Jesus as Sinful condemned human beings. And we're going to get into that in the next two verses. Okay. And 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 in that acknowledgement, we then run to Jesus. We run to the foot of the cross, so to speak, right? And cling to Jesus, believing that he died on your behalf. He was punished on your behalf. He suffered on your behalf, right? And that if you would believe in him and trust in him and rely on him and put your confidence in him, right, Corinne, and cling to him, Leah, then you would, you'll receive eternal life. Now, eternal life is, is not just a quantity of life. Okay. Obviously, when we receive Jesus, we will live forever in heaven with the triune God. But eternal life is not just a quality of life, it's not just a quantity of life, it's also a quality of life, right? That when you receive Jesus Christ into your heart, right away you have this different kind of life, this heavenly life, this Christ like life, this spirit led life. You have a different quality of life living in you called eternal life. And again, it's obviously also everlasting life. But it's, again, it's a different quality of a life. It's not just a physical life. It's a spiritual life that has an eternal quality to it, right? Which means, of course, we will live with the triune God and all our brothers and sisters in Christ for all eternity in heaven, But it also means that right now in Jesus Christ, you have this eternal life living in you and dwelling in you and pulsating in you and driving you to walk with Jesus more deeply and intimately. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. All right. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Okay. Um, Romans eight one says that That there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, okay? The purpose of Jesus coming into the world was not to come in and to gloat over us or to berate us as sinful human beings, one and all. We certainly are sinful human beings, and the Bible has declared that, as we've said. The Bible's declared that all human beings are sinful. Romans 3.23, right? All have sinned and fall short of God's holy standard. We all need a savior. We're all desperate. We've all gone our own way. We've, We've all just had wrong thoughts, wrong words, wrong actions. We're sinful. But Jesus didn't come into the world just to point us out as wretched sinners that we are. That wasn't his purpose. He didn't come into the world to condemn us and say, you know what? All of y'all are worthless. You're all no good, which the Bible does say, but that wasn't his purpose. His purpose was not to condemn us and say, you know what? You live lives to yourself. I'm going to show you how to do it right. Then I'm going to go back into heaven and I'm just going to enjoy heaven with my father and with the Holy Spirit. And all of you all are condemned. That wasn't his purpose. He could have, but his purpose was not to condemn the world, but that the world, but to save the world through him. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Again, save the world. We need a saving. Okay. We need to be saved. Until we realize our condition As helpless, hopeless, wretched sinners, we're not going to run to Jesus to save us from our sin. Oftentimes, we, uh, you know, in our pride, we want to think that we're okay. We don't want to humble ourselves before Christ. We just, you know, we think that we're okay. We want to rationalize the whole situation. We want to rationalize the tremendous evil in the world. We need to be saved. Each one of us individually needs to be saved from our sin. And that's the heart of God. The heart of God is not condemnation. Look what verse 18 says, whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. It's pretty heavy. The heart of our Father is not to condemn the world, but that the world would be saved through Jesus Christ, whom he sent. But look what it says. Whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Listen, this is not ambiguous, right, Becky? This is not ambiguous. Whoever does not believe, whoever does not believe, stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. It's very clear what this is saying. Every human being on earth that does not trust and rely and is not clinging to Jesus Christ, trusting and relying in him, having their confidence in Jesus as their only Lord and Savior... Humbly relying on him, desiring him, asking him to be the Lord of your life, to save you from your sin, is condemned. The natural state of our existence. We enter this world as human beings with a sinful nature already condemned because of our sin. And because of our sinful nature, every single one of us acts at different levels, in sinful ways. And because of that, we're already condemned. Again, whoever does not believe stands condemned. Wherever you are in the world today, if you have not believed in Jesus, if you're not trusting in Jesus, relying on Jesus, clinging to Jesus as your only hope for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul, you stand condemned. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already. You don't have to do anything to be condemned. We already, we already stand in a place of condemnation. So God didn't send his son into the world to condemn us, Kristen, right? He sent, a, he sent Jesus to save us, to save us from where we stand in condemnation. You don't have to do anything to be condemned. Is it not interesting that verse 8 only sets out two groups of people? Biblical Christianity is not vague in any way. The Bible is not vague. There are only two groups of people those who enter the world condemned and are still in that place because they have not received Jesus Christ, those who entered the world condemned but have received Jesus, are trusting and relying and clinging to Jesus, having their full faith and confidence in Jesus alone. And although they were condemned, they're not condemned. Verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned. So again, are you today relying on Jesus Christ as your only Savior, your only Lord, your only hope? Are are you? Do you believe the word of God that says you are hopeless and helpless and in desperate need of a Savior? Have you ran to the foot of Jesus, desperately asking to be your Lord? This doesn't just. This is not just a a, a passive thing. Okay, we 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 take it for many Christians that again their belief is an intellectual assent or acknowledgement. But, but it, but it, but it isn't a desperate clinging. It isn't a knowing. And we're going to get into that here in the next verse. Look at this. This is the verdict, verse 19. It's interesting words that are used. The verdict, right? So verdict is used in court. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light. Because their deeds were evil. It's a heavy verse. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But men love darkness instead of light because their deeds are evil. Jesus Christ, this is the verdict. This is the judgment. Okay, This is the absolute truth. That Jesus Christ came into the world as a light. To every human being, every human being, 8 billion people on the earth, light has come into the world. It says, but, but human beings, but men love darkness. That means men and women, all human beings loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. That's a heavy verse someone has not, if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ today, it's because in one form or another, you love darkness. If you're not in Jesus Christ today, the Bible teaches plainly here that you're in darkness. I don't like it. I wish everyone was saved. Matter of fact, I wish Jesus would come right now before this teaching ends. Come, Lord Jesus. You know, the Bible ends with the Apostle John saying, amen, come, Lord Jesus, You could go there and look at it in Revelation 22. I think it's the second to last verse. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Um, But he hasn't come yet. And so light has come into the world. Jesus entered the world 2,000 years ago, and he's here now to give you light, to give me light. It says, but, but we love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. What does it mean that we love darkness? We, every, again, all of us have a, a, a sinful human, a sinful nature as human beings. It lives in every one of us. And it, and it consistently is driving us to darkness and to sinful thoughts, sinful words, and sinful deeds. Any one of us, if we're willing to examine ourselves, will see these things. You will see this propensity for evil in you. And if you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, the word of God just said, the scripture said it's because you want to remain in darkness. You don't want to humble yourself and expose the fact that you are a sinful man or sinful woman who's done horrible things, have had horrible thoughts, Right? Which one of us at all the different times in our life wouldn't confess that we've just, we've thought horrible things, angry, bitter, frustrated, selfish, right? Things, right? We, we, we have just terrible thoughts. This, this is sin, right? Which one of us have not spoken in, in selfish and angry and bitter and vulgar ways? Which one of us? None. Not a human being alive that wouldn't say they have spoken in self-serving ways, in selfish ways, in angry ways, in bitter ways, in frustrated ways. And which one of us haven't done evil deeds? This says the verdict is light has come into the world. To love darkness means you don't want to come to the light. Go to Jesus today. All of us have done wrong. Just lay your life before him and say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinful person. I know I've done sinful things in every way, in my thoughts, Lord, in my words, in my deeds, Lord. And I know I'm hopeless, but Jesus, you are my light. And I come into the light before you now and I lay all my sin before you. And I confess my desperate need of you, Jesus. And I ask you, now to be the Lord of my life, to come and live in my heart, to save me from my sin, to forgive me of my sins, to bring me to heaven when I die. Jesus, I I I'm placing all my hope and trust in you alone, my confidence in you alone, Jesus. I'm clinging to you alone as my only Lord and Savior. If you'll come before Jesus in earnest. And give your life to him in that way Romans 10:13 promises that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved right Lauren everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Scott will be saved have you done that in earnest have you given your life to Christ this is the verdict light has come into the world but men love darkness instead of light it's because their deeds are evil verse 20 Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. The truth is we have in us we have a, a greater desire to hold on to the things of this world to the ungodly things to the ungodly desires Whatever area of our lives that we're not willing to bring into the light of Jesus Christ and to give up. It's because, um, you know, we we, we, we desire our sin more than we do the light. Again, obviously, if you're not a Christian today and you're not sure you're a Christian, you, you, you need to come in and holistically give your life to Christ as we just did. But even as Christians, when we do evil, it's because we want to enjoy whatever that sinful thoughts are or sinful words or sinful deeds. We want to do that more than we want to walk in the light. And uh, and we've gotten a little too comfortable in the church today living in the darkness of the world. So in whatever area our lives are today, man, whatever area we're living our lives that's not in the light, we need to repent today and come into the light, you know, and just confess before Jesus, right? First John 1.9 says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness, Right? Now, again, if you're a Christian today, this has nothing to do with your salvation, but it does have to do with the intimacy of your walk with Jesus. The more we walk in darkness as believers in Jesus Christ, the more we will not walk in the light and just expose ourselves to Jesus that he might, you know, put in order what's out of order in our lives. The more that we we walk in darkness, the, the more difficult intimacy with him will be. We do have relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, but experiencing that relationship, right, Rebecca? Experiencing that tangible and intimate relationship with Jesus only happens in the light. Okay? There is, you're not experiencing relationship with Jesus in the darkness. He's with you. He'll never leave you or never forsake you. And when we do walk into darkness, he goes with us. But we're not going to experience his presence and his love while living in the in the darkness of whatever worldly aspects or worldly sin that, that we hold on to. Verse 21. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Are you living by the truth today? Are you living your life in Jesus Christ by the truth? But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light you have a habit of consistently coming into the light, consistently coming into the light of Jesus Christ, letting the light of Jesus Christ wash over you, letting the light of Jesus Christ reveal those thoughts and words and actions that are not consistent with Him and His Word and His Kingdom. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. We need to consistently come into the light, right? It's the light that reveals what's out of place, right? It's in the light that we have intimacy and joy and peace and favor. But in order to come into the light, we have to walk out of those areas of darkness that are in in our lives, right? But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, If we're going to do what's right, if we're going to do what's true, if we're going to live by the truth of the word of God, we have to consistently come before Jesus into the light. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Do you have a lifestyle of consistently coming into the light and revealing And living in a way that whatever you do, whatever people hear you say or do, it's plain that it's being done through Jesus Christ. The only light we have is Jesus. The only hope we have is Jesus. As Christians, those who are trusting in Jesus, relying on Jesus, clinging in Jesus, right? We, we have, we have humbly asked him to be our Lord and Savior. He lives inside of us, right? We want to have this lifestyle where it's plain that whatever we do, we're doing in Christ and for Christ, to Christ and through Christ. That Jesus is consistently on our lips, Melanie. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. You have a lifestyle of living by what's true. In the darkness is deception and lying, disingenuousness, pretense. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. In the light is authenticity, genuineness, sincerity. It's just real, right? You're just being real. Oftentimes, as believers, we can just be very pretentious instead of just being who Jesus has called us to be and, and being genuine and authentic about Jesus, willing to speak about Jesus more and more and more. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be plain, so that it may be seen plainly that what he does has been done. Through God. Hmm. Well, Father, we do thank you for the the living word of God. Again, we thank you for the holy scriptures. We thank you for these incredible scriptures. Father, we thank you that you loved us. You love this world, this wretched, sinful world, sin-filled world so much that you sent Jesus We thank you, Father, that your love was not just a love of feeling poorly or feeling bad or feeling sorry for us, but you did something about it in giving us Jesus. And we ask you to help us, Father, to have a love that's shown in our actions in every way, Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you just for willingly coming into this world. We thank you, our King, for living a perfect life for us. We thank you, Jesus, that you didn't come into this world to condemn us, that you came into this world to save us. Lord, I pray that all of those who don't know you, you would draw them unto you, that they would be saved. And Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that uh, you would help each one of us to run to the light of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, help us to run to the light of Jesus Christ. And I ask you to help us to reveal to us where we still have areas where we prefer darkness or love darkness instead of light. Help us to to be washed and cleansed and convicted where we have too many deeds or words or thoughts that that are more in darkness than they are light. Help us to come into the light, Holy Spirit, and help us to live by the truth. That it may be seen plainly that what we do, we do through Jesus Christ, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Father, we thank you and praise you for your word. Above all, we thank you for Jesus, the Son of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.